Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a Sunday edition of Cubs on Tap. I'm your boy, Juice, and I'm here with two of our wonderful writers here to have a Sunday episode, Cody and the Schwartzies in the house. Um, first of all, let's do some little housekeeping before we get this thing going. Cubs on Tap is always just presented by ONTAP Sportsnet. Visit ONTAPSportsnet.com for all your sports and literature needs. Uh, we also have beer reviews among podcasts and articles. Uh, make sure you guys are heading over there. And while you're there, make sure you stop at the store at the store shop. That way you can stock up on some ONTAP merch. That way you could rep it around tailgates, family parties, Eventually, we're going to get out of this quarantine, and uh, you're not going to want you're going to want to have an on tap shirt. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you'll be drinking. On tap is going to be the one spot that you're going to have to uh, throw that shirt up, and uh, let's let's get to going. But uh, I'm here as always, like I said, with Cody and Schwartzy. Uh, go ahead and uh, just say what's up, guys. How you guys doing? What's doing up, good? Juice? <laughs> Cody, go to it. I'm good. Uh... Sunday fun day as uh, as, as always. Um, already had a couple brews. I'm really excited for the documentary tonight. Um, Tiger yeah. King. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually watched the the like the random new episode they put on there. It was like uh, interviews with uh, like the people after afterwards. I forgot who hosted it. He's the guy from Community. That's all I can ever remember is who he is. Um, Joel McHale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Joel. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure with the pop culture stuff. reference, which, by the way, on Tap Sports now has a pop culture tab. Make sure you guys are going to visit that. Schwartzy, I know you you drop into the on Tap uh, pop culture spot every once in a while. Tell the uh, listeners how you're doing, buddy. Been uh, your first time on there, and you know what? Tell tell the listeners about yourself, man. Talk about the Cubs and why you're a Cub fan, and then uh, just tell me a little bit about yourself to the viewers. That way, I know you. I've known you for a while, buddy, but um, you know. Tell the wonderful people about yourself. Oof. Well, we do have a time limit, so I'll keep it short. I'll keep it sweet. Um, um, you mentioned that there is the pop culture section now. Um, I'm excited that that's kind of its own section. I'm pretty sure it's just so that I could be kind of pushed away and quarantined, if you will, within the site, within our site. But it still makes me feel happy on the inside, so that's good. Um, I've been a Cubs fan for a long time, like – what is it? 2020, four years now, I guess. So, so that's great. <laughs> no, uh, um, I really became like a, a big baseball fan during that, that steroids era who, who didn't love that the home run race really drew me in, made me love baseball. And then Oh three Oh four is when I just became like a super duper Cubs fan. We used to go to games all the time, you know, skip school, go to the afternoon game. Why not? Seniors, who cares? Dude, you mentioned that that home run race in 98. Let's, I mean, we could start that out today because I think with what's going on with the Jordan documentary later, obviously we're recording this on Sunday a little early. That way we can all enjoy ourselves later and, and tune into this as a society now, you know, stricken by the virus that, uh, you know, we're all quarantined inside. And I mean, I think we're all running out of things to watch. Let's be honest here, guys. I mean, we're probably rewatching episodes of The Office, rewatching, and those are fine. Don't give me that's that's not you know I'm not knocking the fact that those are out there, but I mean it's I think a lot of people are excited to just be brought back in time to you know a different era in something that was a, a simpler time because with everything that's going around in the world today, it's it's gonna be cool to like sit down for two hours and be away from thinking about you know when we're gonna be out of this whole quarantine thing, you know what the uh, if our loved ones are safe and stuff like that, and just kind of talk about and enjoy the, uh, the greatness of that 90s bulls run. And, uh, but yeah, first let's talk about just that way we stick this to kind of baseball before we talk about the documentary and we will in a little bit, but, um, that 98 home run race, man, like I remember being like a little kid and going to those games. And I, I think I was at Sammy's like 68th or something around those, those lines or something like that. Um, maybe it was his 50th. I don't really remember, but I was a little kid out in the bleachers and I just remember baseball just being back at that moment. And like, I just, your earliest memories, I'm, I'm sure, are, I think I'm sure you guys have got some of those. Um, well, okay. So if you didn't listen to the last episode, I'm from downstate. So, uh, I grew up in Cardinal country. And, uh, so 98 was about the same time I became a, a huge Cubs fan. 
um, just because like it was the talk and sports wise, at least where I'm from and just not even where I'm from, but just like, I feel like even nationwide, it was a talked about thing. Uh, but more so, like I said, where I'm from, you know, you know, people were, you either, I don't even know if it was necessarily Cubs or Cardinals fans. It was just either you, you, you were either rooting for Sammy or Mark McGuire. And, uh, you know, obviously I was on Sammy's side and, uh, it was just, the as a kid, you know, Sammy was just like outside of the home runs. It was always like the the celebration after he hits it, like with the hop, and then when he gets to the the dugout and he does the the hand gestures and stuff like that. That stuff was just iconic. Like that's what you think of when you think of Sammy Sosa. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could go on a whole tangent about how Ricketts needs to bring this guy back, but we 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 would literally be here for a couple hours then. <laughs> but. Uh, Cody, yeah. but what did we talk about last week? We <laughs> always visit all rabbit holes at this show. I mean, can you synopse it up just a little bit? Like, give me two just, minutes of a snippet of why he needs to be back? I mean, he. I just – I don't think there needs to be that much of an explanation outside of the fact that he's – outside of Ernie Banks, he's like the greatest Cub ever. Like, you know, I mean, I know Ron Sano and – Billy Williams, they're they're all great in their in their own right, but Sammy, like he cha- he like brought baseball back, like like you guys said, and mm-hmm. he created he made the Cubs fan base even bigger than it already was, I, I believe, uh, and he, he oh yeah he got people excited just because he hit so many home runs, steroid era, whatever. He by far wasn't even the only one to do it. Never even actually proven to do it. Cork back th- the cork back thing was you know it was what it was what was it an accident i i don't know but either way the guy just deserves better and i'm not saying he deserves to be in the hall of fame even though he definitely makes an argument but he definitely should be beloved by the cubs organization and the fact that you know he hasn't been back since he left in 04 is ridiculous this guy literally changed the game he is like i said arguably the the one of the greatest cubs of like in Cubs history and mm-hmm. that, he just deserves, he deserves to be sitting like in the, in the seats behind home plate every game. He should be like what Scotty Pippen was for the bulls before, you know, he decided that he, or they decided to let him go recently as like a ambassador or whatever. Like that's what he should be. He should, he should be in the stands for like every Cubs game. It just, just doesn't write without him there. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Shorty? Oh, well, I, I definitely agree with Cody and like, my big thing on it, too, is whatever wrong Sammy Sosa may or may not have done the Cubs, like different ownership group, different front office, different personnel, like maybe, yes, he should go apologize to some of the beer and hot dog and peanut vendors. They were probably there. But like, who else does he owe an apology to? Right. Yeah, um, and that's the thing, too. I mean, most of the guys that were within that front office, they're all cycled out. There's really nobody there other than Ricketts kind of holding this back. And I honestly, I don't understand it. I mean, I understand that he's, you know, maybe he's a steroid user, he's a cheater. There was obviously, you know, the whole broken boombox thing in the locker room. But, I mean, oh, it's yeah. not like it's not like those guys in, like, 04 are, are there anymore. You know what I mean? It's, it's a new roster. It's a new group. And I just, like, looking at Sammy Sosa, like you said, I think it's more or less like there's – and you think about it this way. Like, the Cubs, realistically, as of right now, don't really have a lot of living – X icons. I mean, think about it. Like in terms of like the best players to ever put it on, put like the lace them up in a cub uniform. Like there's not really that many left. I mean, yeah. obviously Ron Santos passed away and Ernie Banks is, is not here anymore. And like Sammy would be like the one that I think would bring it back. And, and you got to look at it this way as well. Like in 98, obviously we're around that, that time and age where we're getting to the point where, we have children and we have, you know, families and stuff like that. And to just have that guy from that era to look at from our standpoint to yeah. teach our kids to say, hey, like that was Sammy Sosa. You know, he's a, re- a huge reason why I'm, I'm a Cubs fan. And I think if you were to ask any Cub fan throughout that era why they were a fan, I mean, the Cubs realistically, I mean, 98, obviously they made it to the playoffs, but the Cubs were never really that great during the time period that we were younger. You know what I mean? They were – Okay, I mean, they made the playoffs twice within, you know, that 90s era there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, moving on to, like, 
think about it. After that, they were terrible for a, a, a good long while. Then 03 obviously was just out of nowhere. That team wasn't expected to be, Mm-mm. you know, in in the playoffs or, or towards you know. similar too. Right. You know, and that's the that's the thing. Like, I think that when you look back, I think the Cubs, in terms of the marketing ability that Sammy Sosa would bring to the fans and to the fan base, that's what you need to attack as of right now. Because our parents are, you know, us as like you know, future parents or parents as of right now, like those are the ones that we're bringing to the games to show the history. And mm-hmm. you're just leaving a huge chunk of history out by not having him there and not really identifying what happened throughout that 98 yeah. season. Well, outside of like Carrie Wood, like there's no one from like that played from like that the 98 season or even like for the next, you know, 12 years after that, that really like shows up i mean yeah, and I, you, you can make the argument too that carrie doesn't even like being there because i've right. interviewed carrie before and i know from a personal standpoint that and and meeting with him and meeting his wife that they are the type of people that like to be left alone you know he's kind of left baseball and I'm, let's be honest how many times a year is he really there you know that's that whole like, like 90s he comes to like every Cubs convention, but he doesn't ever like do like photos or autographs with fans. It's always like a he comes like the Friday night that they do like the opening, like like name all the players and the alums that come back. He's always there for that. And then he has like his charity thing out at Navy Pier. But then after that, like he's like Saturday's the big day for Cubs convention in terms of like autographs and pictures for fans. And he like I've been three or four times and he's never he's never done anything. And I mean Hey, I, do I wish he would? Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't blame him if he doesn't want to. He's an alum. He's not like he's getting paid by the Cubs to do this or anything, you know, and not every alum comes back and do it. So the fact that he just even comes back just as, you know, you know, bring memories back and, you know, talk whatever for that one night like that, I'm fine with that. But like I was saying, you know, I, 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 I remember like a game. I don't remember if it was last year or even the year before, but like I know I, I remember seeing Derek Lee in the stands for one game. Like that's one guy, I guess, but he doesn't like he's not around a lot either. Um, but so that's why with Sammy Sosa, it's just like he would be the guy. I don't. I'm not even. I'm not sure if he would be someone who would want to come and like sit in the stands for every game or anything like that. But just to bring him back, it would be like the number one like icon in Cubs history to during that tenure like time period that people would recognize, especially in our age group. And, uh, you know, I just, I just wish that the Cubs would just do, just like get over the fact of steroids and asking for him to leave some apology or whatever. Like, like it's just, it's stupid. <laughs> There's so many other people, players in baseball who've have been in the talks of, of doing those things. And I mean, if, if the giants can welcome, Barry Bonds back, retire his number, whatever. Like, I don't see why the Cubs can't, you know, retire this guy's number and, and you know, welcome him back with open arms. Yeah, that's that's eloquently put, Cody. It's beautifully <laughs> <Thanks>. done. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in that kind of – while you were talking about that, like the people that the Cubs should bring back, like is there anybody else that you could think of that – the only person, like, I could think of that would be – maybe I'm the same level as monumental to bringing Sammy back, but maybe in the wrong reasons would be like if Bartman threw out like a first pitch. Yeah. If he's saying the stretch, are you, are you guys like down for like bringing him back and have like, I, and I understand it's his decision, but sorts mm-hmm. what do you think, buddy? I mean, if it was something that he wanted to do, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Like the dude had the worst life for like three years. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not even his fault. He didn't botch a, a grounder. Right. Like, grow up, Peter Pan. <laughs> I, I will I will admit when I watched the Bartman play happen when I was a kid, I I was so mad and I I blamed him for that that loss. I blamed him so hard and I was so upset and you know a lot. Of, I knew the next day when I went to school I was going to get so much uh, slander and 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 all the all that stuff. But then eventually, as I grew up, I realized that, like, it wasn't really his fault at all. And, uh, you know, I, I yeah, I, w- I thought after 2016, he would actually he would consider it would have been awesome if he would have been like at the Cubs home opener in 2017 uh, to, you know, throw out a first pitch. I, I remember uh, Bill Buckner did that for the Red Sox after they won in 04. Mm-hmm. Um, like it would have been it would have been nice because like, you, like 
the average baseball fan, and that's not even like the IQ of an average baseball fan who remembers the Bartman play, probably still blames him for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, obviously, like we said, he doesn't deserve he didn't deserve that. I mean, I just hope these days he's you know doing better. And I just one thing that really annoys me when it comes to like media and like when it pertains to the Cubs is when the Bartman play is brought up just because to bring it up Mm -hmm. and it's like, just let this guy live his life, man. Like, yeah. Like every foul ball down that area in that section seems to be, Oh, it's into the Bartman seats. It's a famous national, like televised broadcast. Like I feel like Joe Buck is always the one who's bringing it up. Like I even remember like when they clinched the pennant in 2016, it may have been the at bat before or the um, yeah, it was the bat before the double play. There was a line drive down into that that section of the of the stadium, and Joe Buck bringing up those are some infamous seats over there when the Cubs are obviously up, you know, five five nothing or whatever they were it was six like five to two or something. Yeah, like, it's like, so uh, stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there like, is that? And I think it's watching like catching hell. Obviously, that ESPN documentary. The media did nothing but say how regretful they felt about showing him and over and over the replays on him and pretty much making him, you know, a part of the game. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really distasteful at that moment of Joe Buck. And trust me, I hate Joe Buck with a passion. Oh, oh, As somebody know, who just doesn't, I, I, <laughs> I saw a meme the other day that you, that somebody would watch Joe Buck and Chris Collinsworth call an NFL game and it'd be like Jacksonville, or the Browns. No, like I I'm quarantined and I miss sports, but I don't miss it that bad. That's how much I hate Joe Buck. But I just thought it was super distasteful in that moment to bring that up when your whole, I mean, Fox was already upset about it. They made it clear in that documentary that they didn't want to bring that up anymore. And they felt bad how they scapegoated him from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And your own network and your own announcer on Fox is bringing up the fact about it again, you know, two outs before the Cubs won the World Series. I, I just thought it was super distasteful and it just, it doesn't surprise me because it's Joe Buck, but that's mm-hmm. the case. You know? Do you yeah. think maybe Mark Pryor could possibly be a guy that would create a lot of buzz? I know he's like a, a pitching coach for the Dodgers, I believe. And like, obviously the career didn't go as long as we had like, but like, I feel like he's just as loved as like Kerry Wood is and like Kerry Wood, obviously like the 20 strikeout game. And he was like, okay, but he was injury prone his entire career, but he is like beloved by Cubs, like the Cubs fan base. So I feel like Mark Pryor would be something like that. Obviously not nearly get like, wouldn't get the attention that like Sammy Sosa would, but like, I, I just, when I think of Kerry Wood, I'm also thinking of Mark, Mark Pryor and, and what if, yeah, another player who kind of fits that same mold in that time frame who I would like to see back. They're not on the level of Sosa, but but Big Z was in that rotation too in 03. And unlike Pryor and Wood, he actually continued to pitch as a starter, injury-free. And yeah. he did a far better job than a lot of people choose to remember because they're kind of more focused on the outbursts and the fights and the tantrums. Mm-hmm. Um, he He's come back. He's he's been like he. Uh, there was like a it was like a couple years ago. He like called the game for like the Spanish version or whatever at Wrigley. It okay. Was, like, Spanish broadcast. There, I remember seeing highlights of like some of the the calls he made during the game. Like on it was on NBC Sports Chicago. It was like on the Spanish telecast or whatever. And uh, yeah, it was it was nothing nothing short of electric because. <laughs> You know how Big Z is in his like he's just very like passionate and emotional. And when he was uh, with the Chicago Dogs last year, I was rooting for him, no doubt. And I, I he, but yeah, he he's definitely uh, someone who would be like if I I would like if he would come like be part of like the you know throw out the first pitch like once or twice a year or something like that. You don't you don't see that. Um, so yeah, I mean. Definitely, you see more of the older older guys, but a lot of like a like a lot of people from when we were younger, you don't see a lot of those. But yeah, he's been back, but just like it's not very often. Mm-hmm. See him at the conventions. You you brought up a, a subject that's very near and dear to me, Cody. The Chicago Dogs. <laughs> I I absolutely love the Chicago Dogs. The entirety of the Chicago Dogs section of On Tap Sportsnet is just th- things that I've written 
because <laughs> I wanted so badly yeah. for, for Big Z to revive his career and find a role in the bigs as like a just a reliever. Yeah. But but I, I went to the, like six games last year. Yeah. And mm-mm. No, <laughs> no. I, I heard I heard at one point he topped out at like 94 miles per hour on the fastball. So I, I kind of got excited. But I mean, I didn't read too much into it. I was just happy to see him back playing baseball and like in Chicago. I, mm-hmm. But yeah, what I was a, definitely rooting for him. But, you know, it, what a weird like comeback story too. like. Yeah. I mean, that could be a 30 for 30 short in of itself because do you guys remember like when he was making the comeback and he was talking about how he was reached down by God and God had oh, said yeah. Yeah, he needed yeah, to he play like baseball? Like, yeah. I mean, imagine if they were doing a doc, and I know we're, we're going to talk about the 98 doc. I keep teasing it. We're going to talk about the Last Dance documentary. And you mentioned Catching Hell. It's another ESPN doc. Right? I know. We're, it's, like, it's like the 30 for 30 like <laughs> Sunday fun day episode. But um, – I remember being like listening to him, but, but imagine like if he had his own documentary, like they were watching him come up throughout the dogs and like, mm-hmm. that could be a 30 for 30 short and so on. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, they could spend going- like, like, you know how documentaries, they'll talk about like the beginning of their careers and stuff like that. They could spend like 15 minutes at least just showing highlights of Big Z getting pissed off at an umpire, getting thrown out, hitting oh, easy. Gatorade coolers and what about that one time he like threw the ball out of this out of the ballpark out of the got yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was one of my favorite moments like at, in that moment like i did i don't remember like i like i didn't think anything of it but when i think about his career i just think about those moments and just how mm-hmm. he was just so passionate and you know i that's why the the 2018 like that was whenever i i Oh three hurt. I was a child, you know, like I was in like seventh grade or whatever. And it hurt. But I feel like oh eight hurt even more because they were literally the best team in the league and then didn't even win a playoff game, and got swept by the Dodgers. So it was Manny was sick. Yeah, he like Manny Wood was so good. He was, yeah. But like Super Zimmer, was like it was him and Dempster and uh I miss him thinking trying to think of Rich Ted Hart. Lilly. Ted Lilly. Remember- I, I just remember Ted Lilly getting rocked against the Diamondbacks and throwing his glove around like a four-year-old playing Little League. <laughs> like that was that was just god-awful. I remember and during that time, I was dating a Sox fan, actually, um, Rob McCoviak's, um nephew, or uh, not, uh, what was it, uh, be niece, um, something like that. They were related somehow. Traditionally uh, speaking. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So they were a huge White Sox family and just talking shit the whole year. Because the Cubs, I mean, they had the, you know, the Sports Illustrated article that was put up that this was going to be the team that ended the drought. And, and there's mm-hmm. so much buzz about that team. And then that's just Sports Illustrated. A hundred year symmetry. The cover, the cover had Kosuke Fukudome on it, didn't it? I, I think there was a couple covers because I, th- I remember Ramos Ramirez won. Okay. As well I, of him. I always remember the Kosuke Fukudome one because he was so hyped up and literally oh, he was good for like a half season. And that that was first good. game, though, man. Yeah. Oh, run bomb in the ninth. He tied the game. Best opening day moments, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Len Casper call. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's You know, we could do a whole Sunday Funday episode on just our favorite Len Casper calls. And we'll oh, we'll table man. that for another time. Yeah. But there's a lot of them. I mean, yeah. yeah. You can, you can go and, and even Pat Hughes. I mean, we could do a whole Pat Hughes, you know, radio call episode that, you know, but yeah, I mean, just going back to like those years, I, it's funny that like we can look at that and kind of smile now, you yeah. know, 2016 allows us to do that. But like mm-hmm. looking back at, you know, if you were 2014, you're in 2014, we're doing this show, you know, <laughs> we're looking at those a much more sadder tone than, you know, what, what happened, you know, obviously oh. in 2016, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's cool now because we're kind of as society too. I think our sports wise, we're, we're getting a good chance to reset and go back and just kind of think about, you know, the things in life and then and, and the sports events that we saw, you know, and really kind of sort of, we were talking about this on the phone the other day about, you know, how you're doing simulations of like, what if the Cubs were to, have to won the 2003 game apartment game, and go to the World Series. Like you, you're yeah. Talk talk about that a little bit, man. Yeah. Well, I, I I fired up the old PS2 and dug it out of the garage to just see if 
if I could make a simulation on these older machines like we're able to do now, and it turns out I was, and I was curious, not so much the the Bartman game, but that was game six. The Cubs had game seven with Mr. Kerry Wood on the mound. Yep. If memory serves, that, that cat hit a dinger in that game. He they did. were up 5-3 and going into the fourth, if I remember correctly. And mm-hmm. they ended up losing. And that was like just one of those like, man, like, can we just get a do-over on this one? Like, come on. Yeah. And, and the simulation says, yeah, the Cubs should have won. And that like <laughs> what it's worth. I mean, that going back too, like, I mean, we could play we could play devil's advocate on that game seven right now. I mean, the Cubs realistically obviously weren't a team in 2003 that we thought were going to be there. And the big reason why is if you looked at – I mean, if you look at the back half and the names on that bullpen, you're like, man, no wonder why they couldn't hold leads and they had to have the starters go seven, eight, nine innings to finish games. Like, I mean, when you have, like, David Weathers coming in and, like mm-hmm. – uh, what was it David – was it David Veras? They had, it's like, a bunch of uh, – Joe Borowski? He Joe, was well, Sweaty Joe was the closer, yeah. But yep. I'm thinking, like, guys who bridged. Obviously, like, Kyle Farnsworth was on that team. You know, he threw hard, but you never knew if it was going to be over the plate or not. He was a better tackler than pitcher. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sure. Kyle Farnsworth, this guy posted a video on Twitter the other day of him, like, doing 44 squats because I guess it was his 44th birthday. And he just – his wife was, like, recording him the entire time. And, yeah, he, he – he did a 44 squats, and he just looks like a, a unit. Like, still looks like he could go out there and whether play football or baseball, I don't know. He plays, I think, semi-pro football, I think. Does he really? Dude, just to build on that, did anybody happen to see that story about Jim Edmonds lately? Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah. Jim about Edmonds that, uh, was he having – He got yeah. He got, got back – well, he was, he was, like, dating two girls and – or he was married to one, but there there's another girl that was part of like their threesome or something. Their threesome like that. package that they have, which I think okay. is hilarious because all of these articles that I'm reading like have this mistress in one picture, and that's like Jim Edmonds with his wife and his kids, like in the next. Like you can't find like pictures of like him and his wife just single. Like you gotta bring the kids into that. Like <laughs> and you look at his kids and you're like, those just look like kids that like are going to wear vests and play golf and be country club kids mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives. And all of them are going to be doing exactly what Jim Edmonds did, which mm-hmm. is like having threesomes and being like just weirdly out there. Like, you know, those like rich people that like are just super out there that mm-hmm. they have money, but they're like crazy because they just, they don't abide by rules <laughs> of society. Like just because they think all this, they have all this money that like they can just have threesomes and just like we it's, like it's crazy to think that like, but I, I thought that story was so funny. I was I was laughing my ass off because it's I don't know about you. And I think we talked about this on the last podcast. Like I hated Jim Edmonds when he came over. Like I I hated the idea of him being in center field. I hated mm-hmm. the idea of any Cardinal being like on our team. And I had the same like issue with Jason Hayward for about like three weeks. And then I saw how bad he was for a while. And I'm like, man, this is gonna be terrible. And then. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like the speech thing happens in Game Seven, and like, oh, I guess all is forgiven. But yeah. you know, I mean, I have a million dollar speech. Yeah, right. I have a huge problem with like Cardinals on the Cubs. I just never do well with that. And I feel like yeah. when the Cubs have dabbled in that, they've never really succeeded. It's always been like, you it know, is, some players. It is interesting. I I do find it a little relieving that Dexter Fowler's career has down trended down ever since he went to St. Louis. Um, you, you had a little bit of bounce back last year, but that's only because he was literally hurt the entire season before that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, when he went to the Cardinals, it was especially right after 2016, it, it did, it did hurt my heart a little bit, but at the same time, it was like he won with the Cubs. Like he's a cub forever. He's going to always be remembered for hitting the, the, you know, the, the home run, the leadoff home run for game seven. Like he's mm-hmm. going to by far be more remembered as a cub than he ever will be as if he with the Cardinals, unless they somehow, God for God forbid, if they go to the world. Don't say it. <laughs> like God forbid. <laughs> this one's on Cody folks. Yeah, it's on me. I'm mark, sorry. Mark that one down. <laughs> yeah. And when, when he came back in spring training and was just like, poof, here's the extra fowler. It was like, nice. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I mean, that's a whole nother, I, I almost wish that, like, 
the Cubs would get their own 2016 30 for 30. And I'm sure eventually it may happen. There's so Can many. We just make it? Should we just do it? We should just do it. Just do but it. like, there's, I'm sure that Go there's video. On that I'm sure there's video out there. And I'm sure there's like the footage. You can put it all together. Like the I, World I hope series we get one that. is fun, but like I want a whole season. Like Yeah, with interviews and with like, you know, them sitting down and talking about it. But like you said, I mean, I think the cool thing, and this is just can just lead us into, you know, the the ninety-eight documentary and the George Last Dance stuff we're gonna watch tonight. But I think the cool thing is is that like all these guys are getting a lot of these guys are getting back together for this documentary tonight mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, the ninety-eight season and you know, that whole Jordan era and mm-hmm. kind of talk about it. I think I think it presents an interesting opportunity for where the Bulls are at right now in their new rebuild and the fact that they're getting national publicity. Like, think about if this thing airs in June, there's a good amount of people who are probably watching it, but not at the level of what tonight's right. going to be. Yeah. You know, well, this is I, like the biggest event, like sporting a uh, sporting event. And I put quotes around that because mm-hmm. it's not even an event; it's just like documentary. But like, I mean, if no one got excited for like the the horse competition that I think is still going on or whatever, but like no one got excited for that. I mean, even Chicago, like Zach Levine is still alive in it or whatever. Like no, like no one cares. And so like, yeah, this is like the biggest like sports like story or event whatever you want to call it and since like before you know yeah like the, the whole COVID the rudy gobert game yeah. yeah yeah how does bartman get a game no one calls it the rudy gobert game he shut down the country <laughs> he <laughs> shut down the country it's like let me just lick all these microphones yeah. and it's like bam covid and it's like we didn't even call it covid then it was no. a simpler that, time there was just so much like uh, that's so ironic too that, that like out of all the people in the world like yeah. That's the guy. Like after he's like not worried. I just think it's like, I don't know, like I said. I think this prevents like presents an interesting opportunity for a team that just fired their GM, redid their front office, and now they're going to be the mainstay of everybody's television. And I think it's you know an opportunity. It's what you do with this opportunity that kind of propels you into a content being a contender. But I think that a lot of younger a lot of the younger generation like we know we we got to watch you know the last one go through and you know we were old enough to remember michael jordan but i think that like the new generation that always talks about lebron james being the greatest of all time i i Mm -hmm. urge everybody to like who believes that to go watch this tonight Mm -hmm. and it, it presents a good opportunity for the Bulls. I really do. I think that that's being the nation's, you know, being on everybody's TV is going to be something that maybe kids over in Europe, maybe yeah. kids, you know, who, who maybe aren't Bulls fans and don't know the story as well. Maybe it, it propels them into being a Bulls fan or them being wanting to play in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, one story I can think of. I on my on this podcast I do with uh, an old college buddy of mine. We had uh, his name. He goes by the name of Big Dave. He's part of the Bulls Outsiders on NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, uh, we had him on as a guest uh, last week, and we were talking about the documentary. And he brought up a story about how Dennis Rodman, like I don't remember if it was the last season or the season, like one of those three seasons, but he. They played. They played a game, and then he went and did like a like a wrestling event, like a WCW Nitro. Like he went and like did some like promo. He wrestled or Hogan. Whatever. He wrestled like during, Hogan. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. That's I right. I don't remember because I like it. I was so young when that happened. But anyway, like I was saying, he he <laughs> went and did this event during the finals, and like no one cared. Like, and I'm just, you just think like if something like, imagine if LeBron went and did something like that during like the finals and how people would react to that today. Different era. Totally different era. It's through the media, but like on social media, like it would be the number one talked about thing on first take or something like that. So the fact that Dennis Robin did that and then went and played a game in the finals right after and like no one cared. They were just like, yeah, Dennis, just, just make sure you're here for the game. Like. That's just how like confident and cocky the the Bulls like as an organization were like they just knew that they were going to win and 
that's just that's what kind of tells me like I was so young I, I can't remember I just watch highlights or whatever but like I truly only really remember like watching Michael Jordan like with the Wizards unfortunately but I can He's at least say that I, I see him play but like his prime years in the 90s winning the championships I, I really don't remember most of them so just hearing uh, him tell us that story on on our on the on the podcast last week was just uh, it was it was pretty funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What do you what do you think about this Doc Schwartz? See, I know that like for you, you you lived this more than we did. You know what I mean? You're you're a little bit older than we are. But like, I mean, not by much, but yes. still But still, I mean, it's it's just a matter of like what what are you interested in seeing tonight? Cuz obviously, it's something that for me, I being a Jordan buff, I think that I know a lot about them, but I'm hoping for new information. It's it's just a matter of like looking through your eyes. I'm curious to see like what you're looking for for tonight. What what I'm most excited to see is all this behind the scenes when the cameras were quote unquote off because well obviously they were not or we wouldn't be watching a documentary. Mm-hmm. But the the way that he behaved behind the scenes off the court with his teammates with his coach with 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 management that's what I'm most excited to see. Because I, I'm really curious to see if people's perception of Michael Jordan changes after watching this. Because a lot of people, even younger like you guys, slightly younger, old enough to know kind of but not totally, like maybe wear a bit of like a rosy colored glasses when you're thinking about like who he is. He's like, not only was he the greatest basketball player of all time, he was the elder statesman. He was the eternal gentleman. And it's like, I remember hearing like rumblings, which at the time there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't Insta, there wasn't all these other places for rumors to circulate, like that he wasn't that great of a guy off the court. Mm-hmm. I remember when Tiger Woods had his big, I don't know, falling out, media circus, moment, rock bottom, <laughs> if you will, on Thanksgiving with his wife. Um, there were a lot of talk at the time, like, you know, this is a byproduct of him spending so much time with MJ, with Barkley, like these dudes where it's like, I'm, I'm curious to see the perception of that. And then another thing I'm curious about, and this is more directed towards you, Juice, is do you think a, a Jim Boylan's seat may get hotter without games playing when there's a documentary showing like what a real Bulls coach does? <laughs> no, and that's a that's a great point because looking at where they're at, and it's, I've I've said this, and I've kind of kept the the narrative that the the moves that they made in the front office don't mean as much if you keep Jim Boylan. You know, I mean, you can bring in all the different talent that you want, but if you still have a guy who can't put it together behind the bench, none of it matters. So, I mean, in my opinion, I think they're just waiting it out anyway. Seeing if there's any games left, he'll be gone. There's no way that I, – I know that there's there's rumblings that he's tight with the front office still and he has some connections even with the new people that were brought in, but I just – I don't see – I don't see an avenue where – it gets you to a championship and obviously Jerry making these moves, firing his friends essentially mm-hmm. is, is, is going to be not, you know, finished with the firing of Jim Boylan. You know, it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me that you would change over the front office. If you truly didn't think that all of it needed to be changed over, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's a lot like when Theo Epstein was brought in, you know, it, Theo needed his guy from the gig. Obviously, they were doing the re- the rebuild, and the major league roster wasn't set yet. But the minute that they were getting close to setting the roster, they brought in Joe Madden. You know, that's mm-hmm. also so Mike Quaddy didn't like even last a day. The moment yeah. he came in, Mike Quaddy was out. <laughs> right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the uh, looking back like at, at that. That's that's the idea that I think that the Bulls are kind of going towards, and I think that that's the same kind of. Um, template that the White Sox kind of followed in a lot too. If you look at mm-hmm. where they were, they're bringing in, you know, Rick Hahn and him kind of redoing the farm system and kind of getting rid of a lot that was on the big league roster and, you know, making sure Kenny Williams took the back seat. I, I totally think that that's completely plausible, Schwartzy, that mm-hmm. watching tonight and watching, you know, Phil Jackson, maybe, maybe the greatest basketball coach, NBA basketball coach ever to watch. I mean, obviously there's an argument to be made for like Red Arbach and, you know, those teams Greg with, with Greg Popovich as well. But, you know, looking back at it, I mean, to bring all those different personalities underneath one is is that's the coach's job. And I think that 
the best coaches are the ones that set a culture and then they mold the culture to what pieces that they have. And I think the only thing Jim Boylan's done is set a culture and he hasn't been able to get the players to be molded into the slots that fit that culture. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's I two like steps a lot in that. Of players don't really, I don't want to say they don't respect him, but just based off the history of him as the coach of the bulls, he hasn't like, they haven't won a lot of games. So a lot of the guys who want to win now, they aren't going to be like setting up ready to go to war whenever this is over with Jim Boylan. Like they, I feel like right. they need some new, some new, uh, a new fresh breath of air from someone else who might have a little bit more experience as an actual head coach. Um, yeah, man, that's, I, it would just it wouldn't it just doesn't make sense for them to keep Jim Boylan and I, I'm with you I think that he's just there for now until you know this this entire pandemic is over and you know they learn if they're gonna play games or not and if they cancel the season I feel like the day after Jim Boylan's gonna get get fired. Mm-hmm. But, that, <laughs> but that's the truth though. Go no go ahead Schwartzy. I was just it's it's actually more of a quick like a spinoff tangent on the the coaching thing is it's just isn't it crazy that with the status of Boylan in the Bulls with Nagy for the Bears. What is it? Colleton for the the Blackhawks. Yeah. Yes. Like all in limbo. Theoretically, before sports even resume, David Ross could be the second longest tenured coach of a Chicago sports team without ever having managed a game. Yep. Not likely, but it could happen. I think Nagy's going to make it a little bit longer unless next season's an absolute disaster. Uh, mm-hmm. As in, like, they finish below 500. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I But you're right. I mean, yeah, I've I've talked about this a lot with some of my own friends. Like, like, hey, David Ross, like, he might be the best coach in Chicago right now. Like, just based off, like, who's won and who, who isn't. Uh, I mean, the White Sox are up and coming. But, I mean, we've, we know Rick Renneria. He, I mean, I know the Cubs were – we're rebuilding whenever he was here too, but like he hasn't proved that he can lead a winning squad. It, this is this upcoming season is his best shot. He's definitely got the most talent next season to to do that. But yeah, David Ross, like you can argue he's he's either the first or second best <laughs> manager. And and he may be the biggest loser if you're looking at it from a, a standpoint of the coaches in Chicago. Oh, for sure. Because if this is a shortened season with a young club, if they don't get out to the right start hypothetically there's baseball mm. you know the white Sox may look at it as hey we're about to contend in a lot of ways that the cubs looked at it in 2014 you know going into 2015 that you know maybe we need to change at the helm to you know take these guys over the the edge for it to you know finally compete and i think i think it's going to be a really hard balancing act in terms of like, we're kind of bouncing around but in terms of baseball like imagine this pandemic keeps going they and they play these games in arizona and they're going to give them you know x amount of days to get back up to speed it's not going to be a lot because they're going to want to get the season going as soon as possible and it's almost going to be like whoever was ready and training during this time it's going to show and the slowest starter i mean you, you could look at it within a month if it's shortened to a 100 game season you could have one bad month and there's just not going to be the amount of games to catch up within the standings to to you know make the make up your deficit that you gain that you created for yourself, you know. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of ways you really got to lean on how good of a manager you have in those moments because you may have to buy a win or two here because you know a win or two here may end up being the difference between you know you contending at the All Star break and you looking at selling off some pieces then. Or a matter of you know the the matter of uh, the division being in flux. You know you, you may be not contending at that moment. You know if and it's a matter of if your if your manager is able to buy those wins, you know maybe keep yourself in it a little longer. And it's shortened season. Each win is going to mean double. You know that's 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 the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah, it's but yeah, going back to the I I love that question, Swartzy, about like looking back at. You know, a coach, and I never even thought of it that way, that, you know, this documentary could help in terms of, you know, building a culture and seeing what a winning culture looks like inside the locker room. But with what the Bulls have now, 
you can't even you can't even think that they're even close to that. You know what I mean? You can't. Jim Boylan's seat definitely probably gets hotter if that's the case. What I mean, you obviously answered or asked the question. What did you think? I I hoped that the answer would be yes because I I'm I'm a very much like a bandwagon Bulls fan. I love for them to be good and great, but like when they're not, it 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 doesn't like get me. It's just like ah okay well. <laughs> for a long time, it was always like, oh, I guess there won't be NBA playoffs, but there will be NHL playoffs. Mm. But then that kind of came to a halt a couple years ago. <laughs> now there's just like that. But fortunately, the Cubs sort of stepped in and filled that. Mm-hmm. And then the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and now that's even. Can I get a dogs uh, evaluation nice. right now, too? Like, yeah, I need, nice. what are the dogs going to look like next year? Oh, well, I'm. From the last I saw, it was it was whether they could bring back Keon uh, Keon Barnum. <laughs> he he was he was the MVP last year. He was a former former White Sox uh, supplemental first round draft pick. Just never made it made it click in their system. But he set a an a AA baseball league record with thirty one home runs, maybe thirty two. Mm-hmm. Um, it would it would have been. Excellent to see for sure that he's coming back. He's he was my dude. Boom 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 Barnum was the nickname I gave him. I don't know if it's stuck for everyone, but for me, it has. Jesus. So we're gonna wrap this thing up, guys, and kind of get our way out of here. Obviously, we went I, I think we went a lot longer considering the news that's really in the um in this in the pot for I mean, there's really nothing going on. I mean, let's be honest, but uh, we'll close it out with just some final thoughts. I'll start with you, Cody. Uh, final thoughts. So, I mean, obviously we talked about documentary. I'm just really looking forward to getting a, a real taste of what it was like. Cause like I said, I was a kid during the nineties. So it didn't really like, I guess I didn't really get to enjoy winning those six championships, which is why like as a bulls fan today, I'm like, like I, like I feel like I've never got one, but I'm always like, you know, standing up to for Michael Jordan in terms of the Jordan and LeBron debate, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm so, so excited. I've been waiting for it for like a year. We've been waiting for it for a year. So it's going to be good stuff. As far as the Cubs, I'm just hoping that, you know, we get, I don't know if we're going to get any season or not, or, you know, baseball is going to go to Arizona, whatever. I don't know. I just, I just, I'm just hoping we get something. So I guess a, another week of, of hoping of some positive news. Um, so I hope you guys stay safe and uh, just keep grinding out there. Schwartz, that's beautiful, Cody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, like in closing, like like uh, our wordsmith Cody put so eloquently. I'm I'm excited for this documentary. The cynic in me is really excited for tomorrow when everyone freaks out that they can't watch the rest of the documentary and they have to gasp, wait a week. It's like, I, how many people are alive that never had to even live the waiting one week aspect of like a TV show, documentary, what have you. So the cynic in me is excited about that. I do, do want to say everyone owes some thanks to the original juice, OJ Simpson, because if not for his documentary being so successful, not like it was his but if not for that one on ESPN being so successful, I don't think Jordan ever would have greenlit this because part of the deal with this footage is he had to sign off. So uh, hop in his Twitter. You know he's on there and thank him. And stay safe. Wash your hands. I'll hug you when we can. <laughs> I like where that's both those thoughts are, guys. Uh, just uh, looking at that to my tonight's documentary, my own closing thoughts are, you know, I'm excited to – have something that pulls, like I said earlier, that pulls us away from everything's going that's going on in the world. You know, I mean, it's going to be cool to watch Luke Longley clog up the lane for you know two hours tonight during the documentary. <laughs> I uh, remember being a kid and and you know having my Jordan jersey and them putting on the games and turning up the volume for the player introductions and running out there with my sisters and you know doing the whole run out. I mean, the, there's videos and cassette tapes of, of us uh cassette tapes or not well what, what do they call those it's just like the recording tapes 
whatever yeah, yeah vcr whatever yeah you know <laughs> oh, vhs VHS tapes VHS. there we go okay. see like that's how that's how old i am shorts that's how old i am i knew what it was actually called i know see but uh just going out there and like i remember running down the hall they used to put up the and they would announce that my sister me and my sisters would run back and forth i mean it was realistically like looking at the 90s bulls it was a lot of my childhood without me remembering much of it so to be kind of brought back as you know a 29 year old guy now you know kind of watching your childhood over again i think is something that's going to be fun for for all of us you know i I think that it's it's gonna be a good opportunity for us to just kind of break away from what's going on in the world everything that's you know happening with all the deaths and obviously you know us at all at on tap sports you know we we hope that all of our listeners are keeping safe and if you have any families you know any of your families affected by it you know it's we're here to to talk and if if you guys you know we're hoping to just bring content to you guys every sunday here you know just so you guys can be brought away from this whole thing for you know an hour that we do this and it's uh it's cool we're blessed to work together we're blessed to uh have what we got going right right now but i'm with you guys stay safe but um on tap sports net here we're here with uh, cubs on tap sunday edition um, we are on tap sports net. We're brought to you by on tap sports net. We are Cubs on tap. See, I am just not good as you Ron Ron for this whole. You're thing. not as good as Ron. Like, <laughs> like Ron, Ron is like Alex Ron. Trebek with this whole thing, and I'm just not. Like <laughs> I just don't have the lead out. I'm a guy who likes to talk about things. <laughs> I can do good at directing conversation, but let's be honest here, man. I'm just not good with lead outs or lead, leads in. We should just hit play and go. I shouldn't even have to say anything. Like kind of like Joe Rogan does. Like, Joe <laughs> Rogan doesn't even like do these lead outs, but just uh, I'm going to do these just because I know. Tony will kick my ass if we don't. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Cubs on Tap were presented by On Tap Sportsnet. We are a all-encompassing sports website along with some craft beer reviews. Make sure you stop by our store to get some uh, On Tap Sports merch. That way, we, you know, when we hit the tailgates and you're out at your local barbecue, you're repping On Tap. Um, I obviously was here with Cody Schwar- and Schwartzy. If you guys want to plug your Twitters real quick, go ahead. Go ahead, Schwartzy. Oh, shit. Cody, maybe you should go first. <laughs> All right, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, C.O. Del Mendo. That's uh, at sign C-O-D-E-L-M-E-N-D-O. Uh, yeah. All right, now that I've looked mine up, it, <laughs> it, is, it is at Dr. Schwa underscore 96, so D-R-S-C-H-W-A underscore 96. All right, thanks, Schwartzy. And uh, you can find me at Juicy on Tap. Pretty easy there, straightforward. Uh, make sure you guys are following on tap sports net and uh, we'll get out of here. Uh, any, any post-show things guys, are you guys ready to get out of here? I'm ready, man. I gotta, I gotta get food prepared. I'm, I, I told you this documentary is it's, it's something you gotta get, gotta get ready for it. All right. From all of us at on tap sports, crack them and stay safe. Yeah.